So in, in preparing for this morning, I, I came across a, a curious introduction um, to today's lesson from the Hebrew Scriptures, and I wanted to check and see if anyone had a Bible on them. No, okay. Still no one. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, it seems, right? It seems editorial markers in our Bibles and commentaries about them often label this chapter of Deuteronomy as the death of Moses um, and suggestively claim that it brings to an end or a conclusion the Torah, the first five books of Moses. In some cases, it does this with an albeit fictitious emphasis of God saying to his beloved, see the promised land there? Well, you're not going in. So sorry. Close, but no cigar. And while that might be the correct usage of the term conclusion, as in the fact that Deuteronomy does give way to the saga of Joshua and the prophets, I think the phrase demands an interpretation. And it's an interpretation that has everything to do with you all and me, and not someone's editorial suggestion. For the Torah is, in fact, not concluded, but in fact remains very much alive. It remains alive in the most deepest crystal wellsprings of hope that our brothers and sisters in faith confess, for it is one of the flowers of Judaism, and for us Christians, we find that same life-giving Torah alive in none other than Jesus Christ himself, who we are taught is the same yesterday as he is today and forever will be. This Torah is alive, and it's alive within you. For with it carries a memory, and dare I say, a collective consciousness that informs our faith, us, here and now. And while this argument of what may be concluded or what has not been concluded yet may smack of semantics, I want to suggest to you that it is anything but. For one of the clearest indications for me in believing in the deep, ongoing life of Torah is not just what we are taught about it or how the Holy Spirit animates it, but the profound witness of Jewish and Christian people who around the world live with an intimate knowledge of their own mortality. And like Job, live lives of faith that say to those that they love, Though God may slay me, yet will I trust in him. That is some very deep faith. It's faith that's born out of a witness of generations carried by our mothers and fathers. And it is through that witness that I've come to, be, to begin to read the last chapter of Deuteronomy as a portent to explore 
rather than an ending we must explain away. I mean, we should no longer feel pity for Moses as several authors try to elicit when musing on his death just before Israel crosses over into the promised land, that, that whole close but no cigar bit. For in truth, feeling pity in some way remains contrary to the emphasis of Scripture, which says quite explicitly, never again did there arise in Israel a prophet like Moses. And that any judgment or collective grief we may encounter on Moses's sort of performative function as the leader of the Israelites misses the critical emphasis of his relationship to the Lord. And dare I say, it misses our relationship. And it's crucial that we understand this. For we may never strike water from the rock. You and I may never split the Red Sea or call Pharaoh to account. But you can be sure that all of us, at a certain time, will return to the earth from whence we came just like the psalmist tells us today. And it is through this link, this common link of humanity, that I feel closest to the memory of Moses, as do I do Jesus. For with it bears the critical task that we all must undertake at some point in our lives, and that is developing the emotional stamina we will need to prepare for our own death. So as you may gaze at the artist's rendition of Moses on the front cover, perhaps you can experience this last bit of preparation through the voice of none other than Martin Buber. And now, Buber says, Moses ascends Mount Nebo, solitary as he has always been more solitary than he has ever been before. As he is making his way over the ridge and is mounting to the level of the summit, he is reminiscent of one of those noble animals which leave their herd in order to perish alone. According to the Bible, Moses was 120 years old. According to our understanding of the sequence of time, the years were far less in number. In any case, he was an old man, loved. But as he stands there upon the peak, everything within him demonstrates the soul that has not aged. His eyes were not dimmed, you see, and his vigor was unabated. That is the speech of a people's memory. From Nebo you can see the whole of the Jordan Depression and beyond. When the air is clear you can see the snows of Hermon in the north and in the west the hills that lie above the Mediterranean, Canaan. That is what Moses sees close before him. 
there on that plateau, on the heights of Pisgah. Israel had once stood when it first came out of the wilderness and saw the promised land laying wide before them. Now the wandering is at an end, and a new saga is about to begin. And I love that. I love Buber's holy imagination. Because in some way, this is the precipice that we will all encounter one day. But it is what is said next, and not the legend that surrounds it, that speaks most tenderly to our calling, that speaks to the condition that we all bear as humans, and that speaks so confidently to the power of our hope. For there it says that Moses, the greatest, right, the greatest of the servants of the Holy One, died in the land of Moab at the bidding of God. The Hebrew there admits that it was by the mouth of God. And some say that that means Moses was taken to heaven by a divine kiss. Nevertheless, we are to see, I think, that greater than the picture of death by a kiss from God is that of a human being who has lived by the bidding of his God and who now perishes at his bidding. That is you and me. And in the final analysis, what wells up from the silence of Moses upon this plateau, Moses does not speak at all in this chapter. It's not born out of a sense of pity or an admonition of failure before the Lord, but a vision. A vision of where the whole of what has been promised is laid before him. A vision where justice and mercy meet at long last with the kiss of peace. A vision where even the creator, right, one who slung a universe into being, descends and buries with his own hand his beloved. A vision where everything in this world, including you, including me, will one day return to the heart of God. 